The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening. Nice to be here. My name is Vinnie White. I'm on for pretty much the next hour with a news and views apple crumble. Hunks of fruity news with uh, an opinion topping and lashings of complimentary comedy custard. Uh, It is the Vinnie White Show. You can get in touch with it, 416-872-1010, or you can text the show on 71010. It's the Vinnie White Show, or as I was called at the security gate today, Kenny Wood. <laughs> I've got a car at the moment. I don't normally own a car, but I've rented one because I'm going to um, Aurora tomorrow. And getting there by public transit is, uh, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's a lot of hassle. So I rented a car and um, I don't know, having a burden on wheels, a car in Toronto is an absolute waste of time. I've had a nightmare today trying to. You can't leave it anywhere. I'm sure it would be easier to have a child than a car. Um, possibly cheaper as well. Just looking after it is a nightmare. Took it shopping earlier. What's happened to people on Sundays? Where, where's their ability to drive? What happened? I've driven it here. And then coming in to the Bell Security, I said, it's Vinnie White. And obviously they were going to go, what from the... Uh, the Vinnie White Show, <laughs> that fantastic radio show that we all listen to here in the security. And they said, Vinnie what? And I said, Vinnie White. And they said, Kenny Wood? No. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if he would or not, but, but that's not my name. So um, I think just for the security teams, uh, novice name of me, I think today we'll call it the Kenny Wood Show. I think I'm more of a Kenny than a Vinnie anyway. I've never known why I'm a Vinnie. Since I moved to North America, everyone's like, what are you, Italian? Because of that um, 70s show with John Travolta. What was that called? Pat, you're a producer. You've got a brain. Um, that thing, because I wasn't living here. Actually, nor were you. That probably doesn't help. What was the thing with John Travolta? Not Saturday Night Fever. Saturday, no. Wasn't it? There was, a, there was a weekly sitcom show. Oh, Welcome Back, Carter. That's it. Yeah. And he was Vinnie Barbarino. Yes. Okay. That's what you're talking about. And he about, was yeah. Italian. And that lodged in everyone's heads. Now, every time I say I'm Vinnie, they're like, what are you, Italian? You don't sound Italian to me. You sound Australian. I'm English. What? Yeah. It's a painful conversation I've been having for 10 years. Um, but nonetheless, that's uh, that's where we are. I've got a car. What a boring story that was. Terrible beginning to the show. Let's make it a lot better from here on in. Um, actually, Loblaws annoyed me as well. When, when was it all right to get... To get to the checkout, right, in, woman in front of me, she's in, she's done everything, she's all sorted, she's got a credit card out, she says, oh, I forgot mineral water, right? Mineral water? What, have you not got taps? So the woman who's doing the scanning said, uh, oh, that's all right, you can go and get it. And I, I, I why are you, you should check with me for that. Surely I've got something to say on this. No. Off she went, got mineral water, came back with tea bags, mineral water, and a lettuce. That's more than I had. Your extras are more than I have in total. I mean, I'm shameless when she put them on the thing in front of me. Basically did a whole shop while I waited. Should be rules. Uh, I'm also, a lot of people say, why don't you use the self-service checkout? It's just more frustration than it's worth, isn't it, really? I don't want to hear that unexpected item in the bagging area anymore. It's, more, it's always hassle. Plus, I like a chat. I live alone. 
All right, let's talk about some news, for goodness sake. What on earth was going on here? Um, the CIA, I'm going to begin with news from them. Uh, uh, this is astonishing. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. You're going to think I'm joking, and I'm not. Right? The CIA have shocked the world today. They've tweeted something. Now, I didn't know the CIA tweeted. I'm not, I'm not sure a covert, undercover operation should be on Twitter. But, all right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Everyone is, even people's pets. So maybe the CIA have got every right to be on Twitter. Here's what I don't think they should be doing, though. Today, they tweeted this. At CIA, the official CIA said, to mark the fifth anniversary of the Osama bin Laden operation in Abbottabad, we will tweet the raid as if it was happening today. And that after that, they started tweeting in real time, in the sense, you know, from five years ago, where they were and what was happening. So one of the tweets, for example, says, uh, helicopter landed in enemy position. Uh, another one says, uh, security forces taken down around uh, the perimeter. All the stuff they did when they killed bin Laden years ago. Well... I don't think that's the job of the CIA. I mean, the the original job is that. But why? what on earth are you doing with the communications department digging up this stuff now? Very peculiar. Yeah, one of the other tweets, backup helicopter picks up remaining team members and material, leaves a batterbad. What, what are you doing? Well, it's not five years ago. What have you got, some weird time tunnel? So I read their profile, thinking, what is it they're supposed to be tweeting and talking about? It says... CIA, we are the nation's first line of defence. We accomplish what others cannot accomplish and go where others cannot go. That's a bit American, isn't it? Look at us, we're big and special. Um, I think I should read, we're the nation's first line of defence. We accomplish what others cannot accomplish by publishing self-glorifying unnecessary crap on the internet to show people how cool we are. Forgetting the potential repercussions of angering those who already hold a massive grudge against us. For quite a good reason. The fact we're always at war. America. Uh, but the backlash has been fantastic. Uh, lots of wonderful tweets back to the CIA. Sarah in Vancouver said, You sick Fs, which I quite liked. Although she didn't say Fs. Uh, dude in uh, New York City said, I thought the I in CIA was for intelligence. Uh, well, another politically savvy tweeter has tweeted back at the CIA saying, the CIA is supposed to be a respectable, discreet organisation. This is silly political triumphalism. Uh, another tweeter said, we want to respect the Islamic faith and not show a picture of a dead body, but we're going to replay the transcripts of an execution that happened five years ago. Uh, another tweeter said to the CIA on the back of all this, they said, we're not going to show you proof that we actually killed him, but we're going to retweet the event as if it was happening today. WTF. So all of this because the CIA said earlier today to mark the fifth anniversary of Osama bin Laden operation, execution, I think they mean, in Abbottabad, we will tweet the raid as if it were happening today. So I tweeted them. I've decided to get involved. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, I wrote, this is the most stupid thing I've read online since does it take 18 months to have twins? I read that the other day. There are a lot of idiots online. It's a reflection of life, unfortunately. You'd like to think it wasn't. Uh, they haven't got back to me, but I think there'll be a black SUV outside my house tonight. Uh, so I'm sure the weather in Guantanamo is fantastic at the moment.
Yes, it's not easy to um, to play any of this, actually. But bonkers as it is, that country to the south, and in case you didn't think it was, I'm here to say it definitely is. Uh, it does get actually more weird than that. There's some bloke, you've probably heard him, if you ever watch Fox, for obviously it's a comedy channel in my opinion, Fox News, um, there's a bloke that quite regularly goes on in there called Alex Jones. He's a really hard right um, conspiracy theorist. I haven't got a lot of time for conspiracy theorists because I have got a lot of time for science and fact. But I have always got a sort of weird interest in just how deep people's paranoia can be and how much they're prepared to let that out to the general public. Like, if I had a view, for example, that, I don't know, Beyonce is actually paid for by the CIA to change people's minds, I probably wouldn't have the guts to say it on this radio show, even if I thought it. Because as it was coming out, I'd think, no one's buying this. But Alex Jones actually believes that the CIA have paid Beyonce to make an album called Lemonade, the recent chart-topping hit, and within that album, there's a video. I haven't seen Beyonce's video, but apparently one of the videos to one of the tracks on the album is her walking down the street, smashing up cars with a baseball bat. And as she smashes up cars, like there's explosions going on. He is absolutely convinced that the taxpayer who pays their taxes and funds the government and all their organisations there under, including the CIA, have funded Beyonce's video. Why? so that people will rise up and rebel. And if you don't believe me, this is him going on about it right now. NDAA 2013, Congress approves domestic deception propaganda. Now, this is what they pay for. I mean, understand, you put something on the Super Bowl, folks. This is our latest video. You blowing stuff up, uh, beating everything up, smashing vehicles, and it's all about men. First, it's hate the cops in the last video. Now, it's the ultimate feminist video being hailed. She just hates men and runs around with a crazed look on her face, attacking everything. The article's also up on Infowars.com. We have a bunch more screenshots of it uh, actually happening. Let me just show you right here. And, and again, this is admitted high level. It turns out basically everything they put on the Super Bowl or out on Viacom is run by CIA propaganda because that's their domestic job. Beyonce invokes urban terrorism in new video. And this is just to get people to act like total morons so that they can then be basically arrested, set up, put in jail. I mean, th th this is, I mean, look at the look on her face in the whole anti-police deal. This is how she ran around like, you just deal with the cops, they're the enemy, and then it'll fix everything. And then she's funded by the very government and the very platform, the very establishment system puts her out there. So there you go. You heard it here first. Uh, Beyonce is funded by the CIA to make videos where she walks around with a baseball bat smashing up cars. Why? So that people will watch that and repeat it and then be incarcerated, which is what the American government wants. I mean, when he goes to bed and he's like, you know, he probably doesn't have nice dreams because he's quite an aggressive person. Um, but does he, as he's nodding off, does he suddenly think, I have... Ball today. Oh my goodness. Do you reckon anyone bought it? Do you reckon? Alex Jones there. If you want uh, more comedy, go to his website, infowars.com. But please don't click on any of the ads because he'll get the money for it and uh, I'll feel a bit sick. When we come back, Amanda Capito is going to come in. We'll talk about newsy poos. Plus, uh, I'm going to talk about a new fad in China this week about burning cardboard mansions. Yes, all that coming up. My name is Vinnie Weiss. 
You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. You can get in touch with the show on 71010 by Texty Poos, and you can also phone the show for 1-6-8-7-2-10-10. And uh, if we get time, we'll have a little chin wag about something or other. Uh, Amanda Capito is going to come in and talk all things news, and what can I tell you now? Uh, I suppose we should get this out of the way. Do you need a canvas print? Of course you do. You're sexy. Your family are gorgeous. They should be printed on canvas. Where can I go? You need to go to mrphotocanvas.com. What's that website address again? Are you deaf? Yes. mrphotocanvas.com. What do you do there? Canvases. Are you cheap? Yes. Okay. I didn't need you that time, Pat. You've I been... think that was the best one yet. Yeah, you've been revoked. Are you really highly liked on social media because that sort of thing's really important today? Yes, why not check out reviews for mrphotocanvas.com on Google. Plenty of five-star reviews. Why are they so high? Because we're good at what we do. They're going to give this new character of yours its own show. It's actually slightly better than the other one. <laughs> Coming up on the Vinnie White Show, more annoying stuff. Redback spider bites Australian man on penis. Right now, I can guarantee you there are numerous gentlemen holding their genitalia. Not just because I'm on the radio, but because they're thinking about redback spiders biting their love sausages. An Australian man has taken himself to hospital after a venomous redback spider bit him on the willy. Uh, the tradesman was using a portable toilet. I never like them at the best of times. That is a particularly bad day in a porta potty. Uh, he was in Sydney, Australia. It was on a building site. It was Wednesday morning when his John Thomas got the old teeth marks in it. Actually, I don't know if they've got teeth marks in it. I don't think spiders have got teeth. Who cares at this point? Believe me, it hurt him. Uh, a spokesman for the St George Hospital confirmed that a 21-year-old man was treated for a redback bite. The redback spider, closely related to the black widow spider, just what you want on you, Willie, is uh, distinguished by a long red stripe on its abdomen. The spider's bite causes severe pain, sweating and nausea. Also, I'd say as a builder on site with other builders, some embarrassment. <laughs> Believe me, if he didn't have a nickname, he's got one now. Roger Redback. Roger Red, who knows? Uh, he was later discharged from hospital in a stable condition. Although there are recorded cases of deaths from redback spiders, none have actually occurred since the development of an anti-venom that's quite widely available in Australia, and that was developed way back in 1956. So it's quite hard to die from a redback spider, but if untreated, there's a good chance. Plus, if you get it in the willy, it, can, um, it actually goes into your blood system a bit quicker than various other parts of your body. I don't know the ins and outs. I've never... Honestly, I haven't. Uh, bites usually remain red and itchy for several days. Uh, as cooler wet weather begins for the year, Sydney ciders are advised to keep out of uh, the way of redbacks. <laughs> as if they're all poking nests. <laughs> That's such a stupid warning. <laughs> if you live in Australia, you're permanently paranoid anyway, by the sound of it. Uh, they're typically, uh, it's their hunting time. Is it? Well, I don't know what they hunt for. Red backs. Penis, apparently. Um, I used to live in Australia, and I was constantly in fear of my life. Six months is more than enough for anyone to live there. It's a ridiculous place to live. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to share with you 
the mo most deadly animals of Australia. In case, you're, in case you're getting a bit fed up with this weather and you've just booked a ticket, then you might want to turn the radio off because I'm going to petrify you about all the things that want you dead in Australia in our new Guide to Staying Alive in Australia, an introduction to Australia's deadliest things that want you dead. Uh, I'm going to give you a few of them. Um, when you look at Australia in a travel brochure, it's usually described as a sort of tropical paradise getaway, isn't it, or something like that. Uh, but they don't always tell you that there's numerous, numerous animals that, that really want to kill you, and usually in a very painful way. So I'll just uh, name a few of the animals that make Australia the torture continent. Australia, where you go to feel pain. Uh, the first one to look out for if planning a trip to Australia is the saltwater crocodile. Uh, these things grow up to about 25 feet long and uh, killed an estimated 20 people last year alone. Uh, crocodiles, by the way, are ambush predators. They wait for suspecting prey, you, uh, to go close enough to the riverbank so it can hurl its body out of the water and grab you in its jaws with a razor-sharp bite. And, uh, and when that ugly bastard grabs you, it's game over. Uh, once these things grab you, it tends to put you into death roll and tears off uh, chunks of your flesh. Uh, failing this, they might just hold you underwater until you drown. Then they'll eat you. So saltwater crocodiles also, by the way, can uh, jump out of the water using their muscular tail. So if you're hiding up a tree, it's not a problem. Usually they can go about 15 feet out of the water to take you out. Welcome to Australia. Uh, there's that. Of course, once you've got past the saltwater crocodiles, there's sharks. Uh, the three most dangerous types of shark are the bull shark, the tiger shark, and the big daddy of all of them, the great white. Australia is home to... All three of them, so that's good. Tiger sharks, also known as the garbage cans of the sea because they eat anything with a pulse. Bull sharks are very often uh, noted for being the most aggressive, therefore the most dangerous shark in the world. And great whites, the largest predatory fish in the ocean. All three of them waiting for you in Australia. So uh, sharks kill around a person a month in Australia, so that's about 12 a year, um, probably because... Uh, they've just managed to escape those crocodiles. If you make it past the crocodiles and the sharks in Australia, um, then you might well enjoy the tempting warm hug of a box jellyfish. Uh, the box jellyfish is an animal that floats around in the shallow waters along Australia's beaches, waiting for an unsuspecting person like yourself to swing by. Then, whoodang, a 60-metre-long set of tentacles wrap around the person's leg, injecting several harpoon-like triggers full of venom. The effect, death within minutes. Uh, there's no anti-venom available, and even if you do survive, you'd have to put up with hours of excruciating pain and a scar for life there from Australia's lovely box jellyfish. Of course, if you get past the box jellyfish, the shark and the crocodiles, you'll be greeted with the spider. Australia is home to the most deadly spiders on the planet, including the Sydney funnel web, the bird-eating tarantula. Yes, it eats birds. It's not called the biscuit-eating tarantula. And uh, the trapdoor spider, a spider that takes after the jigsaw tool. And uh, I lived in Australia for six months. I didn't see any of those, but I did see a huntsman. And I remember coming out of my bathroom in a shared house and a girl that I was living with was screaming so loud that dogs in other countries could hear her. And she said, look at that. And I pointed up, and I'm genuinely, honestly, I'm not making this up. I thought it was a joke. I thought she'd got a rubber spider because it was like the size of, imagine if you've got two palms, two of your big palms spread as far as you can. So you're making sort of a two waving sign. It was honestly the width of that. Honestly. It was, I, I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was rubber. 
And the worst thing is, she she said, I will not come back into this house until you deal with it. And I'm like a bloke, so I'm like, all right, I better deal with that. I don't know what I'm doing. So I got, you can't even get a glass. Like, a, gla a glass isn't big enough. So I got a Frisbee. <laughs> a, fr a Frisbee, right? I pop it, popped it up on the ceiling, and you can see one of its... Other fingers? No, feet. <laughs> one of his legs was sticking out the side. I honestly, I farted with fear. Which, by the way, was very helpful because I think it sedated him a little bit. Oh, God, I'm just saying it now brings it all back. So that's uh, box jellyfish, spiders, sharks and crocodiles. We're in Australia, by the way, talking about the uh, most scary things. Um... I, I remember being so scared after dealing with that spider in a frisbee that I actually said, where is the airport? I'm done here. Uh, so if you get past all that, there's plenty more. Don't worry. If you are in Australia, you'll be loving this because you're very familiar with these things. If you're booking a trip there, perhaps you want to hover over that send button for a minute. As I discuss, the cassowary. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I think that's it. Um, imagine you're out for a nice stroll in the Australian wilderness in the bush, mate. Lovely. It's all out in wilderness there. Yeah, it's awesome, right? You're having a nice time. Everything's okay. And you see what looks like a fairly harmless-looking bird. Perhaps you give it some bread. Looks like a sort of huge duck, really. And then suddenly it kicks and kicks again. Well, you've just been killed by the deadliest bird in the world, the cassowary. Uh, this creature is as tall as a human and has the attitude of a hungry teenage girl going through puberty, embarrassed by her dad when he picks her up with a minivan in front of her friends and then gets out to do a dad dance. You don't want to mess with this thing. Uh, the reason this kick is so deadly is because on the end of the bird's foot is a six-inch claw which can easily tear the insides out of a human. Welcome to Australia. There's a good reason I picked this cold backwater of a wasteland, because I'm bloody scared. Snakes. We haven't done them. So you passed the cassowary, the box jellyfish, the sharks, the crocodiles, having a nice time. Well, snakes. Australia is home to an estimated 100 venomous snakes. As a matter of fact, Australia is the only place on Earth where there are more venomous snake species than non-venomous. Fan-bloody-tastic. So Australia, surprise, surprise, is also home to the uh, three most venomous snakes on the planet. These are the coastal tapen, uh, the most venomous snake in the world. And uh, I won't bore you with the details of all the other ones. They're all very long and Latin, but let's just say you don't want to meet them. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, if you do get bitten by a snake in Australia, there's normally anti-venom for them, at least most of them. Most of them, not all of them. Uh, and then, of course, if you've got past that lot, you might get the most lethal creature on Earth. This creature is the most deadly on the planet. It kills over 2 million people a year worldwide. There are over 2,000 species, and 60% of them pose a threat to humans. Any guesses from the back seats? Some kind of uh, insect or reptile? You're correct with the first one. Insect, okay. Uh, some kind of... Is it a spider or a beetle or something? I think very small and... It won't kill you immediately. It will give you something that will kill you. You're not talking about ticks. I'm not. Seven, oh, we've got calls coming in. Maybe we should make this a quiz. Name that insect on 71010 on text or 41687210. Name that insect. Uh, I'll say it again. This creature is undoubtedly the most deadly on the planet. It kills over 2 million people per year. There are 2,000 species and 60% of them pose a threat to humans. Three people text in so far. Mosquitoes. Oh, I guess from malaria or something. Yeah, they feed on human blood. Well, the females do. 
The dudes just want an easy life and a nice car. Uh, but the females love a bit of blood, and when they bite a human, they transmit diseases such as malaria, there's plenty more, of course, into the body, which uh, leads to a slow and painful death. Australia. Uh, if you get past all that, this one will surprise you. Snails. Killer snails in Australia. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into Australia's ocean, you can come across uh, the worst of the animal kingdom, the snail. Oh, but this isn't just any snail because you know it's Australia. So it's the marble cone snail, one of the deadliest creatures on the planet, a snail. This creature is responsible for 20 deaths in the past five years. It injects venom using a harpoon, right? (laughs) Only in Australia can a snail kill 20 people. And then uh, on top of all that, if you're still alive and you manage to get through all these, finally, you might get killed by the blue ringed octopus. Native to Australia, I believe. Last but not least, it's a psychedelic-looking blue-ringed octopus. It hangs around in rock pools. When cornered, it will produce several blue rings on its body, which are meant to warn people to stay away from it. So if you're there now, do stay away. Uh, but you wouldn't, of course, because uh, it's quite hard to see. It's only 10 centimetres long. What could kill you that's 10 centimetres long? This thing could. It has uh, a very potent venom, which there's currently no anti-venom for, so death can occur in as little as two hours. Uh, this creature is responsible for an estimated 23 deaths in the last year, so slightly more than a snail. The victim is usually a small child rooting around in a rock pool that is attracted to the pretty colours. What a lovely way to go. Australia. Red back funnel web, blue ringed octopus, taipan, tiger snake, and a box jellyfish, stonefish, and the poison thing that lives in a shell, the spicy when you pick it up. Come to Australia, you might accidentally get killed. Your life's constantly under threat. Have you been bitten yet? You've only got three minutes left before a massive coronary breakdown. Red back funnel web, blue ringed octopus, taipan, tiger snake, adder box, jellyfish, big shark. Just waiting for you to go swimming at Bondi Beach. Come on! Come to Australia, you might accidentally get killed. Your blood is bound to be spilled. With fear, your pants will be filled. Because you might accidentally get killed. This is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the regular weekly feature on the Vinnie White Show, Newsy Poos with Captain Capito. Hello. Good evening. I like Captain Capito. Can you please call me that from now on? Not only will I do that, I will prepare you a superhero costume. Oh, which is made of newsprint to reflect your <laughs> love and passion for all things newsy. Okay, poos. okay. I'd entertain wearing that. I had an interesting night last night. I was meant to talk about it at the beginning of the show and I forgot, so I'll tell you about it if I may. Yes, please well, do. I went to the Drake Hotel Underground, which mm-hmm. is a sort of hipstery, cool venue on... Um, I didn't know they let people like you in there. Mate, I brush up pretty sharpish. <laughs> okay. And I was with my girlfriend, so, you know, that changes that the helps. dynamic. Okay. She gets... Actually, it's funny you should mention that, right? Afterwards, we went to this late club, and she went up and talked to the bouncer and um, said, oh, it's all right if we come in. It's one of those places that's far too cool to have a name. <laughs> so I don't, I don't even know if it's called anything. Okay. So, and... Um, and he said, oh, I'm sure we can organise something, darling. Meanwhile, I was sort of hanging around like that unwanted boyfriend, <laughs> um, sat, sat on a fire hydrant, which in retrospect probably wasn't a good idea. Can oh Great Danes get that high? I'm just imagining this now. Mm. 
Because a tall dog could probably get up there, could he? Yeah. Have to wash those jeans. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sat on this fire hydrant, and um, so he presumes she's on her own, right? Mm. I can hear the dialogue. So then I came up, and she says, oh, and my boyfriend's here. And he said, oh, well, it's $30 for him. <laughs> 30 Yep. 30 That's how it goes. And it was five to two. $30. <gasps> at five to two. Yeah, so I assume it closes <laughs> at two. Yeah. Oh, we got $30, plus it's probably because it's King Street. It'd be $15 a cocktail, and I'd have to buy hers. $60 for two drinks. Out! I'm out! <laughs> Forget it. So anyway, I went to this poetry slam. Okay, that's what a what, sidebar. That's okay. where I was going with this. <laughs> It was at the, um, as I say, the Drake Hotel. It was quite cheap, actually. It was only something like seven bucks or something like that. And the idea is, I've never been to this, but my girlfriend invited me along. She, she's been to it before. Apparently what happens is there's a load of poets, amateur poets and professionals, if that is such a thing. And, um, well, I suppose that is such a thing. You yes, get, of course. You can get paid for poetry, can't you? Yes. Of course you can. Demean Maybe it. not your poems. No. <laughs> Sorry to demean the arts in such a way, <laughs> if that's such a thing. Um, so anyway, yeah, like there was loads of poets, and then what they do is they each week vote on the best one, what the audience does, randomly selected judges. I wasn't one of them, but you get to hold up numbers. And then the one with the highest number goes through to the next week and so on and so on and so on until there's a poetry slam knockout, oh. which I think happens in the middle of summer. So being that it was quite early in the whole contest, just like, you know, hockey or anything else, right. some of the crap teams were there. <laughs> but that's <laughs> so, what makes it kind of fun. Well, it did, actually. It was really interesting. I personally would prefer to go to stand-up comedy gig, but it was really interesting. And people just spilled. All of the beans. So, you know, they talk about their, for example, there was one person, I think it's only fair to remain anonymous because I don't think they voted to be talked about on the radio. But so I'll just say it was a girl who was abused as a child. Wow. And she wrote various poems about that. There was a native guy that wrote a lot of poems about how his land had been somewhat overlooked over the mm. years, to put it lightly. Uh, there was a gay woman that said that she wasn't accepted by her parents. So it's wow. really, really heartfelt yeah. and really wonderfully deep to the point where sometimes it was actually quite uncomfortable. There was one guy that did an anti-feminist poem oh. and he, it was called This Is Why We Hate Women, oh. which I was so uncomfortable with because I felt like saying, you speak for yourself, yeah. mate. <laughs> I love them, boobs and all. <laughs> You know, Thanks, Vinny. I had to go a little bit sexist yeah. on that. <laughs> and um, so, and it was obviously there was a lot of feminists in the room because a lot of the, the female poets were feminists. Right. So there was an enormous tension where he, he said that he was wrongly accused of things over the years. Uh, he said that women have got a chip on their shoulder, that they use men. And by the way, let's be completely honest about this. There are occasions of this. I'm not stupid, but... He did tend to whitewash everyone, hey, every woman hey. is bad. So there was, you know, they, he didn't get a very high mark and there was a real heavy tension in the room. I bet. So um, thoroughly exciting. But... It's like a reality show. Also very ver therapeutic for these these poets, though, I'm sure. That's probably how they... Absolutely. So that's kind of good. How therapeutic could that be to talk about your deepest, darkest qualms in a poetic value to complete strangers? At one point, they said, it's also it's open mic night. Anyone want to get up? I have never sat so much in a oh, chair. Oh, you should have done it. Shut up. I'm happy on the radio. I'm not talking about my deepest emotions. And with your little accent, they would have loved you. <laughs> they would have loved you it. You could little British thing. <laughs> um, you could have said anything. Would you come with me next time? Yeah, let's do it. I want to see you next I round. I think you'd like it, actually. I think so. It seven, sounds really intriguing. Seven bucks, you can't go wrong, can I'm you? I'm in. Let's go. What did you do last night? I was actually in North Bay. Oh, what are you doing up there? I went for a visit. I used to live there. I did some radio up there. So I went to say uh, say hello to some old... And I did an escape room in North Bay. 
It's so cute. The people there, they... I think, I think North Bay is an escape room. <laughs> oh, they, you know what? They just try to mimic Toronto. So they, they said that the, own, the owners of this little escape room said that they came to Toronto. They did an escape room. They loved it so much that they just wanted to make their own. So they literally just rented a unit in this mm-hmm. building and made their own. If you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, I haven't done this, but I've heard about it. An escape room is where you and several colleagues get purposely yep. locked in a room yeah. and then a bit like Cluedo you have to work out various poems rhymes and complicated tasks yeah like codes and there's numbers and hints around the room I think you'd be quite good at that wouldn't you yeah I was okay we did it you have a set time limit and then they time you so we had 45 minutes and we, we escaped within 44 minutes cool time Which, give me an idea of one of the clues so like we had a box that we had to have a, a like a numerical code to get into and on the top of the box it was like a hand that was showing the number 5 and then like a hand showing the number 1 and then i and then eyes like literally pictures of eyes and so we're going like 5 1 what number is an eye a 0 an 8 and then we realized there was all these like toy like you know plastic hands and plastic fingers spewed around the room around us and we have to actually count how many hands were there in the room, like fake hands, how many fake fingers, how many fake eyeballs. And then that was the number that that was the code. Okay. Does that I, make sense? No. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't there. Right? Okay. You've explained it to me. You're a paid communicator. <laughs> am, I, am I doing that bad of a job? I don't think it's you. I think it's me, darling. Okay. Because like text in if you understood. 71010. <laughs> Did you understand what she just said? <laughs> Please say no and make me look good because no. I can't. I think I've tuned out. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. You would be so bad in an escape room, okay? You can't even hear about it. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to focus on the code. Where's the hammer? Where's the window? <laughs> Let's get this done. Where's the pub? Is there a pub outside? Actually, that'd be good motivation. Oh, You're allowed to drink while you do it. Um, no, but we definitely drank before. Oh, a bit of pre-drinking. Yeah, it was that fun. That probably doesn't help, though, does it? No, I think it means like we And we still made it out in time, so I just think that's a real win. I'd like to tell you about a new story, because this section of our show, my show, our show, well, let's be honest, you're here for <laughs> half of it nowadays. Um, yes, please tell me, what's the story? It, it is called Newsy Poo, so we should look at some news. Mm-hmm. Right. Gucci warns Hong Kong shops on paper fakes for funerals, is the headline. And that certainly needs some explanation as well. Italian luxury goods maker Gucci has sent warning letters to Hong Kong shops selling paper versions of its products as offerings to the dead. So in other words, paper handbags. Paper replicas of items like mansions, cars, iPads and luxury bags are burnt in the belief that deceased relatives can use them in the afterlife. Wow. Yeah, apparently this has been going on for some time. I had no idea. And the demand for these products are highest during the Quinming, which is tomb sweeping festival, which recently happened. That's when you go and well sweep up the tombs of your various deceased relatives. Right. And also while you're there, offer them some goodies. So it used to be they'd offer things like, you know, fruit, bit of booze, stuff like that. But in more recent times, a lot of people have thought, well, this isn't good enough. So they've started making like the really weird things. So you can get a cardboard iPad and get a cardboard iWatch. Oh my goodness. Cardboard Gucci handbag, which Gucci aren't happy about by the sound of it. Which is so weird, but okay, continue. The, the weirdest one, I think, is um a cardboard mansion, right? You can burnish their reputation with their deceased ancestors by offering all sorts of paper things. A cardboard mansion is about one foot high. It's like a villa complete with swimming pools, multiple car garages and cardboard domestic helpers. Oh, my goodness. And they're really expensive. Who's selling these things and how much do they go for? So I think it's the Chinese version of Dollarama. Okay. 
but um, I couldn't tell you the exact value. But, well, actually, the cardboard villa, I can. That's nearly 10 bucks, that. Okay. And you just go and set it on fire. You know what? I just think Gucci, this is what needs to happen. Stop these warning letters, embrace it, and take it on as their own marketing. So just get real Gucci. They should make the paper versions of their bags, and they should sell them. And they'll be like, these are the real Gucci bags if you want your loved ones to have it and call, and maybe charge them a buck more still actually, make it cheap that's quite a good idea embrace it instead of sending warning letters and say don't do it take it on particularly in China like no Come warning on. letter has gone to China and gone we're very upset about your copyright laws <laughs> like, now I know you normally respect them <laughs> But, but I'm going to have to ask you to stop. It's completely Play not. Into it. no if, they, point. if they are going to sleep better at night because they've burned a paper Gucci bag that they're sending to the heavens, then let them have their peace. Well, you say that. Come I mean, on. I think that we should look at the whole of humanity on the back of this. Let's look at the fact here. It's 2016, right? <laughs> Thousands of us are so superstitious that we're buying cardboard iPads you know to set them on fire in the hope that it will please our dead relatives and bring us fortune. Let the, them do it. No, sure. there's no evidence that it achieves anything more than temporary heat. People do weirder things. I know, and I think we've had our time. I don't think we deserve to be top of the food chain anymore. Say what you like about the monkeys. They don't burn cardboard <laughs> bananas in the hope that their dead parents will give them real bananas. I think we've had enough. Let's leave it. We're idiots. Let's leave it to the Aww. dolphins. Humans, we're idiots. Let someone else have a go. What's the state of this place? Oh, you got any news? There is one story I want to talk about. Oh, before you do, do, I have time? Pat, how long have we got? We haven't got time. Oh. Pat, talk to me. You got about five minutes left of total showtime, but we have to go to break. All right, we'll go to break and then we'll come back with Amanda because I want to talk to you. Okay. All right. I'll stay. And thank you for your text. Apparently, you gave away the answer in what you said. <laughs> is that if they, true? If they go to the North Bay escape room, then yeah. <laughs> Which everyone's right on their way right now. Turn around now, then. (laughs) Coming back in a minute. This is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Got a car at the moment, so I'll give you a lift home after if you want. And um, How nice of you. I thought I'd give it a go, like parking here in the the complex of uh, much music, as you used to. So I thought, all right. I can't believe you're giving away the secrets. Oh. If you work here, don't try it. It's because we're special, right? Niche. Um, yeah, I went in there, right? I've actually told people this on the radio, but, you know, it's not a very good show this week, so I thought I'd just spill it out again. Um, <laughs> no, I, was, I, went in, I went in there, I said, hiya, uh, can I come in just for a few hours? It's Sunday. Yeah. I thought, if you used to do it, I'll do it. And they said, what's your name? I said, Vinnie White. And they said, Kenny Wood. <laughs> <laughs> you know your show is doing well when... <laughs> I think the only way I can get out of it is to change my name to Kenny Wood. I think you should. That's the way forward. That's a nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, right, I want to leave you with this, Amanda. Yes. All right, I wanted your thought on this. Is this all right? It's, uh, I meant to do this last week, so forgive me if it's a bit of a week out of date, but I think it's worth doing. Man taken aback by message on Starbucks cup label. Right. Okay. A man in Florida received an unexpected comment on his Starbucks cup label. He ordered a Grand cup of white chocolate mocha. Okay, it's a grande. Is it? <laughs> First off. <laughs> I've never worked there. I like to call it large to annoy the staff. Uh, a grande cup of white chocolate mocha. Sounds disgusting. What? Well, is you, that is coffee that... and white chocolate? Yeah. Ooh. Um, Ooh, it's, a, it's not bad. That would maybe a good dessert. A little nightcap. Well, exactly. 
But a grand one. Ugh. A grande. Gra- <laughs> <laughs> get culture. Anyway, the, the customer said um, he was quite surprised when he came out. And as well as his name on it, which right, they you expect do. that, don't you? Mm-hmm. What's my name again? Kenny Loggins. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, it said underneath, quote, diabetes, here I come. Wow. He said that, Wildly inappropriate. Well, yeah. He said that the first word automatically brought a picture of both my sisters into his head, who both have diabetes. Oh, no. He said the diabetes statement hits close to home, and he was very upset by it. He complained to Starbucks. Starbucks apologised. I don't think they fired the dude that wrote... They should. Should they? Yes. That's so inappropriate. Especially, also, it's like anti-brand, really. Starbucks should be embracing that he came and got a grande. Like... I hope that man gets free Starbucks for life. I think it's great. Diabetes, here I come. That no. should be, it should be printed on loads of stuff. Especially for someone, oh my goodness, who who now thinks that they have a, a wish on them to get... Well, especially for someone like him. Yeah. I think obesity epidemic is widely blamed for the startling rise in the incidence of type 2 diabetes. The more recent research has suggested it might even increase type 1 diabetes. And he... Has uh, is partially hereditary, and he's got it in his family. So there's a bloody good chance nice. if he carries on drinking that stuff, he will get diabetes. But, but now he's ruined that. That drink is ruined for him forever. Maybe he gets that drink once a year as a treat, and he will every time he gets that drink now, if he's ever able to get it again, it will be ruined. Yeah. That treat that he as an adult has decided to purchase for himself. He doesn't need some, you know, snotty teenager <laughs> who's working at Starbucks to tell him that he's going to get diabetes from this. You're right. It no. should say something a bit more generic, like hazard, danger. They have the calories listed on their drinks. Disgusting, can... putrid, fattening sludge. Oh, if he likes the drink, don't ruin it for him. <laughs> That's so mean. I sometimes think during these shows that you might just be a little bit nicer than me. <laughs> Has that ever well, I you? knew that already. No. <laughs> But you, but you're nice to the employee. Like I'm, I, you know, you've, we've taken sides. I'm on the man's side. You're on the employee's side. And I have the interest of his long-term health in mind, whereas you want this fat man dead. No. But first off, nowhere did it say he was fat. Just because he ordered that drink does not mean he was fat. It will be when he's finished it. Oh, you're making, <laughs> making up these uh, profiles. Do they, do they get your name right when you when you say... Yeah, Amanda's really hard to screw up. They, uh, they, they get it right. See, I must be a bit of an asshole because I tend to say... Mr. Weinberger or something quite Why? Common. You're the worst. Because I never get the Vinny spelt right. So I figured if you can't do that, then I might as well be something completely different. I quite <laughs> often go for Bob or John because they can't mess that up. <laughs> but then sometimes when I feel a little as if I've got a bit of spare time and they've annoyed me by saying, oh, you mean grande instead of large, <laughs> I'll go, right, then my name is Mr. Papadopoulos. <laughs> get on Just with that. Just <laughs> yeah. the, the crooked things that, that bring you joy in life. I mean, whatever you want, Vinny, but hey. Having said that, I don't go there that much. Clearly. Yeah. It's a nice treat. I like it as a treat. No, it, if it's a ritual, then it gets expensive. Mm. But Well, I'm very sorry because I, I did say that you were going to do some news, but um, we didn't get time for you to do your news bit because I banged on about Starbucks. It's but, okay. Next, there's always next week. But for those listening, I think she was going to do a story on a dead child. So. <laughs> <laughs> when you breath, when you say it like that. <laughs> it was the... <laughs> It was a bit dark, so I immediately thought, emergency, it's raining, it's Sunday, I'm not doing a dead kid story. And immediately came there up. There was a bigger issue there to was be talking about. Next week, if it's sunny, we'll do it. But it's just too bleak out there at the moment to do it. Oh, thank you so much for getting coming in, Amanda. Thanks, and um, Thanks, everyone, for texting.
Uh, Venti is large, tall is small, and Grande is medium, said someone. I actually genuinely didn't know that, so thank you for fixing me up. The listeners have my best interests at heart. All the best. I'll see you next week. Always a pleasure. Never a chore.